so bored You need to walk the other way I tell you once more Please get out of my way I don't want you no more We're done here, boy Hello and welcome to Women Leading in Cannabis. I'm your host, Kira Reed. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Marianne Kurtzchi, founder of Alibi Cannabis. Welcome to the show, Marianne. Hey, thanks, Kira. It's great to be here. Marianne is an experienced entrepreneur focused on building business through relationships and integrity. With an MBA, experienced in Fortune 50 companies, founding an e-commerce company, and more, Alibi Cannabis is the culmination of all of her experience. Well, welcome, Marianne. I'm really looking forward to getting to know you today. Yeah, you too, Kira. I'm glad this worked out. Me too. So how did you go from working at a Fortune 50 company to starting a cultivation business in cannabis? Well, that's a really interesting story, as I found everything in cannabis has a story behind it. And um, my experience took several turns. Uh, One of them was I founded an e-commerce in between. So I started an e-commerce company um, probably 20 years ago and ran that for over a decade. And through that, learned how to use technology to build relationships with customers and how to um, manage all the logistics of supplying things on time and manage the business. And then after I sold that business, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And that's what changed the trajectory of my career and my path into cannabis. As I was going through treatment, which included surgery, chemo, radiation, a friend gave me some cannabis and said, you've got to try this. This will help. And I was a little bit dubious. But at that point, I was like, sure, why not? I'll try anything. If it works, great. And it was better than working. It was amazing. It completely transformed my treatment and set me on a pathway for health. And um, then we bought the property where the farm is and, and started a farm. It is amazing how many women I talk to that were brought to this industry through the same kind of uh, pathway through an illness. And it just completely opened the door for them and not only a new way of of dealing with their health, but an entirely new career trajectory. Yeah, it is amazing. And it's um, the more I learn about the paths that other people have taken and what it took to get us to this place of quasi legalization. It's, it's just amazing the people that are dedicated to the plant and working to make, to make the industry flourish. So tell us about Alibi Cannabis and what you do now. So our farm, we are licensed in Oregon. So we're an indoor farm, tier two license. So which means we can grow up to 10,000 square feet of canopy. And being in northern Oregon, we're indoor as opposed to the southern Oregon and California stuff, which is outdoor. So it's it's different from farming, traditional farming in that because it is indoor, it's more manufacturing like. So we take the 
farming and the care for the plants um, and mix that with technology so that we have the a controlled environment to grow so that we have consistency and reliability. And we are set up to harvest every month and we have about a dozen different strains and we are constantly testing new strains to see what the market likes and um, try to do the, grow the top quality at fair prices and build relationships with the stores and our customers. And what has been your challenge trying to build this business, which is in a very male-dominated field? I mean, you know, we have a lot of different options to get into as women in the industry, and cultivation is really, really dominated by the men in the industry. So what has been your greatest challenge as a woman trying to build your business? Well, I think part of it is that just building a business, regardless of your gender, is so difficult. Um, indoor cultivation is the most expensive way to grow cannabis. And so it takes a significant amount of capital and a significant amount of investment. And with the risks around licensing, um, it was that was the initial struggle, is that we had to invest a ton of money and a ton of work before we even got our license. And at that point, there was a risk of, you know, are we even going to get licensed? Is this all going to be for naught? But fortunately, we were able to pass those hurdles and and got licensed. And specifically now, after having done this for a number of years, um, when I go to industry meetings, there are more and more women in the trade association meetings, which are great. But the sort of the leaders have historically been men. And I'm, I'm so grateful for so many of them. My philosophy is that you build relationships and connect and provide value in every relationship. So I, you know, I don't, doesn't matter to me what your background is or what you look like or any of, or any of that, just try to build a connection. And to me, that's, that's what it's about is bringing other women in, bringing other men in, bringing minorities in and just building a collaborative environment where we can all carve out our space because this industry is so big. There are so many possibilities that it's not a question of competition. Um, to me, it's a question of bringing more people in and, hey, if I, if I was can help another cultivator, I will do it because they're not taking anything away from me. They're adding to the environment, adding to the industry. So it sounds like you're building a company based on coopetition, diversity, and inclusion as your foundation. Tell me about some of the challenges in doing so and the rewards in doing so. The challenges are, there are so many of them. Um, it is really tempting because so in Oregon, the wholesale prices plummeted in 2018, and there were a lot of farms and a lot of other businesses that were overextended on debt and didn't have a good handle on their financials. And unfortunately, they went out of business. So it's it's really trial by fire in that if you are if you're not paying attention to the bottom line and paying attention to the fundamentals of your business, there are so many things that are going to hit you over the head that are going to, you know, there's licensing, there's regulation, there's banking, there's prices, there's the black market. All of these things are are weighing on you as a business owner trying to trying to improve things and those things are trying to bring you down. And so having those things in mind, you just have to keep going forward. And so 
the point is, is that it would be easy to slip into the dark side and do things in the unregulated market, but we have chosen to not do that. And um, we have also chosen to just maintain the course. Um, we don't try to do anything shady. We don't try to do things that are not uh, that I would be ashamed of. I want to have a company that I'm proud of. So we take care of our employees. Our employees have health insurance, dental insurance, PTO. It's, you know, it's run like a real, like a real business because that's, that's what we are and that's what we want to be. And we want to bring that professionalism and that integrity to the industry. That is absolutely amazing. Um, Let's talk a little bit about how you see federal legalization impacting everything that you're working on building right now. And I'm curious, what are you excited about and what are you worried about when it comes to federal legalization? How it's going to impact, let's say too, not only how is it going to impact your business, how is it going to impact the organ market? And then how is it going to impact women and minorities in the industry? I think that is the the biggest thing challenge that we have coming up as an industry on the horizon. Um, I'm actually really excited about it. For a while, I was really nervous and afraid, but then I started thinking about the industry as a whole and the fact that Oregon and California have really set themselves apart as cultivation states, and we do have cultivation knowledge. We know how to grow amazing product. I mean, the flower coming out of the West Coast is is the best in the world. And so I think that there is an opportunity for us once legalization happens where we can share that message and get others excited about the products of the West Coast. Um, the challenge, so what we're doing to set up for that and just in preparation is trying to build relationships with um, people who are with companies who are thinking also about that in terms of wholesalers and distribution and transportation, because I think that's going to be the challenge. You know, we don't know what federal legalization is going to look like yet, but the things that I have seen and what I've heard is that it's um, going to be tightly regulated around transportation. So those, those kinds of solutions are way bigger than our small little tiny farm. So building the relationships so that we're all set up and can do that in a compliant way once it's open. That's what we're, that's what we're working on now. And how are you preparing your business for, you know, corporate raiders coming in? How are you preparing yourself to scale and stay competitive? Um, that is just, it's, it's hopefully we've hit the right, the magic button of scaling adequately so that we're, growing what we need for today's market. Uh, the problem with indoor cultivation is that it's not some, oh, we're going to go plow another acre and plant some seeds and we're good. Um, an indoor facility is extremely expensive and takes a lot of time. So trying to figure out when that when the timing of that capital is going to happen compared to when we think federal legalization is going to happen. It's, it's a challenge and we're, we're wrestling with that now, but I, I honestly think that federal legalization is at least two or three years away. Um, I know others, I mean, I don't have any magic, um, any inside information or anything, but that's, that's sort of my gut feel. And that's, that's what we're planning on. Yeah, pretty much everybody I interview has that same feeling. Two to three years is what it's going to take uh, to get over some of those legislative hurdles. So, do you have advice for women 
in the industry, I'd, I'd kind of like to get a, a view from being a cultivator in cannabis. Does the industry support you? Is there a good network of female uh cultivators and what advice do you have for women who are contemplating getting into cannabis or getting a license to uh to grow um the industry keeps changing and so that's that's the good thing is that even if even if your struggles today the struggles tomorrow are going to be different you know i get asked that question a lot and what's interesting is that the people who have been most helpful and kind towards for me to get everything going are actually men. Um, I've gone, I went to so many women's conferences a couple before COVID and tried really hard to connect with other women business owners. And it felt very clickish and not everybody for sure. I mean, I, I made some great relationships, but I think it's from my experience, it's not about the gender. It's about building the relationship and for whatever reason, I think sometimes women just get where they're focused on themselves. And I, I'm not going to say that even it's not just women. It's just it's important for me to think outside myself and to find connections and value in anybody. And I haven't always experienced that. Have you found support for yourself now as a woman in the industry? I'm just, you know, I'm I hear a lot from cultivators around the country, obviously mm -hmm. focused on women. And there is a great deal of intimidation, of, you know, real or imagined. This is the way that women feel. They feel intimidated. They feel shut out. They don't feel like they have access to um, the real estate or the deals or the support that, that they see their male counterparts getting. So do you have advice for women who are really trying to navigate this space or contemplating really taking it on as to maybe some best practices some places where they can find support? Um, you know, what exists here for them in the infrastructure of the industry? Yeah, I think that there are, um, there are a lot of, uh, resources available. But what you said is totally true. Access to capital um, for women and minorities is significantly different than access to capital if you're a white male. And um, I'm part of an investor group that is working on changing that. So we are specifically investing in uh, women and minority-owned businesses. And I think that's the right thing to do. And I think more and more people are going to see that. Not only is it the right thing to do for diversity and equity, but it's also the right thing to do for your money because there's there's so much opportunity in this business to make financial returns. Um, you just have to do it right. And so there, the resources that I have found specifically are your organization, Women Empowered in Cannabis, and then also our local trade association, the Oregon Cannabis Association, is uh, really leading the efforts towards this. And I would encourage people to to reach out and find their local trade association. And um, if it's not working for you, then you work to make it better. Um, instead of complaining and um, just being unhappy with the way things are, I think this is, you treat it like an opportunity and say, okay, what's the vision for the future and what ideas do I have and how can I contribute to make the future better? I uh, heard an interview one time with Elon Musk and someone asked him what uh, advice he would give to someone who's thinking about starting their business. And he said, if you need somebody on the outside to give you encouragement, then you shouldn't be doing it. 
That's a little harsh. That's really harsh. But I think his point is that, that, that there's just so much against you that you have to, you have to have that either within yourself or within your really, you know, your tribe that's close to you, um, to, to propel you forward. And, um, so I would just, if, if people have this burning passion to do it, then you just do it. Um, there is no time like now to get started. The industry is, there's so much opportunity and there's so many ways that, that women can make an impact and, and make things better and improve things that if that's something that you want to do, just, just do it. Um, there are places to get capital. There are places to get information. It's, you know, you may have to dig a little bit harder, work a little bit harder, um, take some risks, but, um, don't be afraid to, to reach out. And that was, that was one of my mistakes when we first started the farm back five years ago is, is feeling hesitant and feeling like asking questions was going to make me look stupid. But in fact, now I take that opportunity. If there's something I don't know, or if there's someone that I want to meet, someone I want to ask, you know, ask in for information, I'll just go do it. And it's, for me at least, and I don't know if this is the same for other women, but it was, it was very intimidating to do that at first, but now it feels more natural. And I feel like that's, that's really what we need to do is to not, not be afraid to put yourself out there and to ask questions and say, Hey, can you give me a, I'm looking for this. Can you, is there somebody, you know, in your network that can, that can help me. And isn't it wonderful when you see other women doing it as a, as modeling it, it gives permission to those around you to also step forward and say, Hey, I need help. Um, I I'm confused. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, there is a really great community, I think for women in the industry, it's just a matter of finding it and plugging yourself into it. Yeah, for sure. But it's, and it's, it's not being afraid and, you know, certainly there are days, um, and this is what I learned from going through chemo is, is there's days when I just wanted to crawl up in the corner in a ball and cry. And so you just, you do that. If that's, if that's what you need to do that day, if you need to take some time off to reset, you do it, but then you come back and you are, you have the reason to go forward and the reason to make, to, to grow your business and just don't be afraid of the future. I think um, if we knew what the future hold, you know, what, what the future held it, it's kind of intimidating, but, but it's all good and it's all going to work out and you just got to keep, keep moving forward and find that vision for yourself and, and move towards it. So what are you excited about in the upcoming year? I'd love to hear what you're excited about for Alibi and then what you're excited about in the industry. There are so many things. Um, we have, during the pandemic, we took the opportunity to expand. So our production, we tripled our production capacity over the last 18 months. And so that was that was challenging. It was a ton of work. It's a lot of, a lot of effort to get that up and running. But now that we're finally done with that, then our cultivation can catch up and um, produce, you know, a lot of really top quality flour that people are asking for. Um, there are shops that are like, hey, can we get some more? And our answer is no, sorry, we're out this month. So on the for Alibi, that's what I'm excited about is that our production capacity and will finally be uh, up to market. And then for the industry as a whole, um, 
Well, we talked about it a little bit already, but I think federal legalization is the next big thing. And it's really exciting to see what solutions people are coming up with to make that as easy as possible and as um, and how we're going to how that's going to work out. So there's lots of ideas that have been floated and I'm really excited to to see where that that lands us, because then people all over the U.S. can have access to amazing cannabis. So so you had mentioned that there are some things that you're excited about. Can you tell me a little bit more? You, you alluded to them, but you didn't really go into what you're most excited about this year. You mean on the the federal legalization federal side? side? Yeah. Um, yeah. So at this point, I think it's a little bit early to have any specific ideas. But one idea that has been floated around is that maybe there'll be a, a, an export endorsement on current wholesale licenses. So if that happens, then, um, you know, like we like we talked about, I think the transportation is going to be and the distribution is going to be the challenge. And since I have experience in that from my e-commerce days where we you know ship stuff all over the U.S. and all over the world, it's I know the challenges that are there. And, um, you know, cannabis has historically been a very low tech business and the technology companies that have come in um, to help with the retail shops, as well as the cultivation. I mean, there's some amazing cultivation technology companies. Those are great and wonderful. And I think that the distribution piece is the next area for technology to help improve things and help drive the industry forward. Pelkenberg from Streamo, technology company in the industry, uh, was telling me that she thinks that cannabis is really going to end up being an innovation leader because they're going to take things like an ERP system, which traditionally, you know, kind of reminds you of the 1990s DOS printer era, and they haven't really updated. But because of the specific needs of cannabis, they are not going to be able to take a lot of technology from other industries and just repurpose it. They're going to actually have to build it from the ground up. And so kind of giving new uh, innovation to all of these old traditional industries or parts of these industries. And I thought that was a really interesting take. Yeah, and I would agree with that. Um, Just the regulation. I think people who are outside the industry don't have any concept of the amount of regulation and the amount of infrastructure and overhead that is pushed on licensed businesses to comply. Um, We are more regulated than any other business ever. I mean, even pharmaceutical companies where you you think that pharmaceutical um, things would be regulated, and they are, we have more regulations. And the so what that does is that forces a lot of manual labor specifically in the farm like we have to tag every single plant with RFID tags and um you know that's that's a regulatory issue in Oregon and we're working on changing it but in the meantime this is just a huge amount of labor that that has that is forced on us by the regulators that we have to do to comply and so thinking like innovative thinking is for for me is figuring out how we can comply so how we can effect changes in the law and then also comply with those in an efficient way because there's so many inefficiencies built in because of the regulations mm-hmm. and what about banking you know banking i is not 
I'm, some people are going to be upset at me for thinking for saying this, but I'm not as worried about banking. We have in Oregon, we have several credit unions that will take cannabis money. They charge an arm and a leg for it, but hey, I have a bank account. And um, there are also thoughts of having a state bank. And so I think that banking is, um, I think there are enough third-party solutions out there that to me, that's not nearly as important because, you know, a federal bank, the the normal banks, that's not going to happen until federal legalization. So the rest of it is up to states and small banks. And the the people that kind of get stuck with the results of that, though, are employees, because I have an employee who was trying to buy a house last year and um, ended up not being able to get financing because his income was from a cannabis company. So it's those kinds of the trickle, the trickle down effect that I see as being more problematic as opposed to direct banking for uh, licensed businesses. All right, Marianne, we've come to the end of our time together. Where can women reach you if they want to learn more about Alibi or you? Yeah, thanks for asking. So our website is alibicannabis.com. We're on Instagram at alibicannabis. And I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Just look for Marianne Kersagy. Um, the business is Alibi. And I am happy to connect with people. Um, please reach out, um, ask any questions about cultivation, building a business. If you're looking for capital or investment, I've got connections and I'm happy to to uh, leverage my network to help people grow their business. Wow. Thank you so much, Marianne, for your generous offer. And ladies, please, if you are in a position where you need help, please reach out to Marianne. She definitely knows what she's doing and can point you in the right direction. So thank you, Marianne, for your time and for sharing your journey with us today. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our new membership portal at womenempoweredincannabis.com. There you'll find lots of information on our new memberships for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse as WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a supporting member or supporting business for benefits and access across the network. And join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.